Okay, here we are. It's episode number 43, Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. What are you laughing at over there? Just the way you're doing that, you were just like... Counting down? The way, the, the way you pressed the button was funny. It's the backyard pod, man. We've got to do things different this time. Comfy pod. The comfy pod, yeah. It's kind of nice back here, isn't it? I don't, I don't hear any traffic noise in my headphones, so we must be okay. Could be fine. We're far, like, probably just because we're, like, in real life, like, we're close to it, but... I don't know how I'm trying to explain this. But. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know, but I think we're all right. I'm still suffering the stampede hangover. <laughs> well, I don't know how the hell you went freaking whitewater rafting this morning. That sounds like I don't know how you did that. It sounds pretty atrocious. It, it was it was tough to wake up, but yeah, I, I'm glad I did because it was nice. You had a fun time? We had a great time. I don't know. It was like, just nice. I wouldn't be able to do that personally. It was just nice to like do something that wasn't go down to Stampede Park and walk around. That's fair. <laughs> I was really enjoy. So it's Monday after Stampede for those that don't know, and I was just the whole city of Calgary is hungover. Oh my gosh! And just like it's not even like, like not even like hungover. party. Yeah, it's like just ten days of giving her, just giving her, literally just giving her. Mm-hmm. Like just I don't want to walk. I don't want to look at a pair of jeans for a month. Well, for at least till Friday. You know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> like even that, like when we go to Pollockville, like I'm just gonna reluctantly put jeans on and just At, hate every. By the time the purse starts, well, the thing about being a music guy, like I don't know if we actually need to wear jeans. Might just be able to just get away with shorts. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start sneaking runners around with me everywhere. You are. Oh yeah. Well, after after the Saturday in Grand Prairie, when I stood there all day for with my boots, I wanted to die. That's fair. And even Brett, like Gardner, had to throw runners on. Like, so oh really? Throw them under the bus, but oh geez, he threw some runners on. Well, but yeah. You don't have you don't have to. I mean, it's just the truth. It's a this, that's the kind of stuff you're gonna hear on the podcast. The, inside, the truth, inside, insider info, real talk. Yeah, insider. Yeah, we are the insider. I see. I ran into the insider this week. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's one of my highlights of Stampede. Stampede. Well, yeah. So highlight. So was that the highlight? Or was no, it, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the. Or highlight. was it getting in the bull, the bull inflatable bull <laughs> costume? Was it the highlight? <laughs> wasn't my favorite thing, but it like for the situation, it was good for the situation. Like it was a good like get get people's attention and like. In the, uh, in the bull, yeah, that's like it was good for the people walk to get a, a picture and like they could hashtag like bulls after dark or like whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't love being in there; it sucked. It was. <laughs> have you seen ever seen Ace Ventura when nature calls? When he when goes out of the elephant in, in the in the, in the, rhino? In the rhino, and he goes that, that was the, me in the bull. The scene. rhino butt. Yeah, that was me. I even oh. made the same sounds when I was coming out of it. Oh jeez, <laughs> just kidding. But that's how I felt. That's horrible. Yeah, but uh, that was that wasn't a highlight. I would say. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, sorry, Keenan. Not a highlight. But like, I think not just like being being able to be at ground level for the best rodeo in the world for ten days. That's yeah. It's easily a highlight. Well, it's like how often do you would you get to work the NFR? Yeah. You know, your your Cal- Calgary's between Calgary, the American, and Houston is the top three paying rodeos in the yeah. whole world. So that, that's top that four. Easily the that was easily the highlight for me. And yeah. and like another highlight for me is this, it's kind of like a small personal thing. It's just like all the people you get to see. Yeah, visit with like that's true. It's 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 not so much anymore or like going to meet new friends. It's just like a time to visit, visit with, with old, old friends. friends. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I like I love that. Speaking about new friends, though, I got to be. I think I had to sign a, a release to be in Diplo's music video when he came by and stopped by the ring. Is that your highlight? I don't know if it's a highlight, but I just thought that was kind of neat. I didn't say highlight. I just said meeting new people. Well, we're talking highlights, so. Well, I, but I went off on another tangent about. about <laughs> meeting new people that's cool though man like that's i sweet. hope i think it's called i think the new song is called modern cowboy i heard about something yeah. about modern cowboy so what's your role like how would you like what footage of you it's is not a role it's just like i just was talking to him about how cool his song welcome to the party is the one that i introduced Brinson yeah, with yeah, sometimes. yeah yeah so the deadpool song 
Yeah, the one that's in Deadpool. Yeah, but it's his song. That's sweet. I played it when he rode in the truck wagon too. Mm. That was neat. I heard it. I was I was on the tarp. <laughs> <laughs> tarp tarp action. I, yeah. I, uh highlight though. Jeez, highlight. Um, <laughs> Storm's getting beside. Getting to work with Storm. Like, work with Stormy. Like, working with me. Working for Stormy with Stormy for ten days. It's <laughs> cute. It's <laughs> so cute. <laughs> That's crazy. The whole family had 10 days worth of work at Stampede. Yeah, and you moved out like before. Oh, yeah, started. this is big news too. This is the first podcast since Wacy has moved spread out on his, his spread own. Spread his wings. He spread, spread his wings. wings and he's living on his own downtown. He started, we've created the downtown division the of everything. Cowboy. An EC expansion. Expanded. The we DC, didn't have the, the money to expand, division. but we did it. <laughs> it's right not a working home. office, it's more of a playing office. It's, just, it's in shambles right now, man. <laughs> I've been Do you need any stuff for your house? I don't even know. I don't know even know what I have. Do you need a f- spatula? You might have an extra <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Who knows, man? Do you I, need some towels? I need, at le- I, need at, I need at least four days, business days, to get my shit together. <laughs> like, what, I've got, like, what I've else got a, a bit. I don't, like, seriously, I don't know. But I, I have. We'll catch up on the next podcast on what ways he needs <laughs> for the house. And if you guys have anything, you can send it to the new, his new address. <laughs> 607-309-15th Avenue Southwest. Yeah. You just give out your address? Uh-oh. Oh no! Uh-oh. I wasn't even thinking. Uh-oh. You set me. You set me up for this. This is gonna be fan, bad. Fan mail. Fan mail for Wasey. Cut that out. You guys just heard his address. Replay it back if you have to. Just kidding. That's not my address. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Damn it. <laughs> That's okay. Whatever. So Yolo. Not one Canadian one at the Stampede either. Is that the year. first time in how long? Oh, uh, I think it happened. It's happened kind of recently. Because last year, what happened last year? Last year was basically the only one who was kind of Marcus, but he's Brazilian, mm-hmm. so you can't count that. But gee, but like it was a tough, it was Zeke. a tough day for those the Canadian guys. Well, geez, our guys didn't even. We only had two get into the final mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Into the final four rounds, it was Jared mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and Zeke, and it ended up being that. Did Zeke win second or third? Where did Sec- he end up? No, fourth. Fourth. Because yeah, he was only he 80, tied for third. Tied for third, yeah. Yes, but Jared won second, so he's the best finishing Canadian. He won second in the bull riding. Yeah, eighty nine points. Well, and, he, my, and he's how about he's thirty one in the world now. But even too like Jake Stemo lost a tiebreaker, so that's three. Yeah. Like guys that have like three. Jake Watson didn't have a strong enough horse in the ten round, and then and this, that, and the other. Curtis Cassidy goes yeah. and uh, he goes and breaks the barrier yeah. to win the round. Yeah, it's like it's like what should have could have would have been more Canadians, but definitely. It, I was talking to some of the guys in front of the shoots. It's, it's funny just for how many good competitors we have. Yeah, for how many weren't in the final. Oh yeah. Yeah, and even for Zeke to be ninety three and a half in in the ten round, and then go and doesn't win it. Like it's funny that that ten round actually doesn't count for anything. That's just, just how about to this too? That. Jess Lockwood actually won the average title at the Calgary Stampede. If you count it uh, as far as scores go, he was a point above Sage. If you count every, all their ride scores and add it all oh, up, really, Lockwood won, and and Parsonage was third. If you count the actual ride yeah, scores, yeah, yeah, no, which legit. is kind of interesting too. Do you, think it, do you think that's something Calgary would ever bring back is the average format? I don't think so. I mean, it's such a good format the way it is where it's just clean slide every time. You just got to go it's make kinda, the best I like run, that. I like winner, winner takes all. I like that. Yeah. Right? And it's so much easier, more easier to follow because you just go highest mm-hmm. score wins, right? It's not a matter of he's got to be 6.4 to beat this guy. Well, he's like gotta you can even use set as an example it too with much. Sage where like the, the whole thing, it's like when he didn't take his rear ride, it's like, well, yeah. This is there's the f- five best bull riders in the world coming up, yeah. or whatever. Some so that, top guys. Like, that could be a bad decision. But if there was an average, he could be like, "Oh, well, I just need to be this many points to win the average." And and did he actually turn on the reride? Because oh, I yeah. just thought he actually did. Eh? Yeah, he was he was mad. Like he was walking around the front of shoots and was mad. I don't know why. Why? 
No clue. Did he turned it down? He was he was mad. I think he was mad about that bull. Oh. And then then he was like, "What's this devour or whatever?" And good bull. And Scott goes up to him. He's like, "There were like ninety points on him in Pinoca in Grand Prix." Yeah. No, Pinoca Jake was eighty nine and a half on him in Pinoca in the long round. Oh, I thought I thought the Jake rode that. Or no, he rode Sheep, Sheep Creek. Creek. Anyways, that's right. Anyways, but like a bull that got the home run for Sage, like easy. Oh, for sure. And he wouldn't take the re- didn't take the reride, but he no. he just felt okay, like he was gonna be fine. Yeah. So that's wild. Yeah. I thought that just once those guys fell off, he just declined it. Maybe he just like oh, I'm good now. I don't no. need the reride actually. But he actually declined it before. Declined it before, yeah. Yeah, because we were I was up in the eye in the sky doing the radio broadcast, <laughs> and I didn't really know because yeah, they wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him wait around to see. That's fair. I just wasn't sure though. I couldn't tell because no. we were so far away. I had no idea. Yeah, no. He was like he was upset walking in front of the shoots, and everybody's huh. like, "If you're mad, take, take your, a re-ride. Take a re-ride. That's yeah. the name of the game, right? How about like, that bull just walked out though? Isn't that wasn't that wild? Just like literally took like four steps and then went into buck and be like an eighty-seven pointer. Yeah, but just literally walked out of the shoots first. I I think some of those bulls are tired, man. Like how do you how do you trips. mark that though? I don't know. I don't know either. I was I thought he was still would be like eighty four or something because he he walked out, but he then he freaking got it. He on stood and there bucked. for like two seconds though, so it uh, takes away from it. So then you take away a quarter of the score. Mm-hmm. So you, he should have been like sixty five basically. Yeah, pretty much. Or like seventy five. I guess yeah. it's close. Yeah. It's that was the I don't know. Judging was weird there. It is weird. The, the I think the weirdest one though was uh, the weirdest one though was the bareback ride in that one day where uh, where Mason Clements made the tent made the. Four round of the ten round. He out of wild card Saturday. When he just about got bucked off that horse like so many times mm-hmm. and they still gave him enough to get back. I thought yeah, that was shoddy, man. Interesting. Weird. Even but even like Rusty's ninety two, he didn't spur with his one leg. Oh really? He was like in the flats the whole time. Hmm. But I don't want to get in the middle of that, I guess. I don't know. We are not judges. We are not judges. No, we're not judges, so so that's uh that's gonna be the first half of our show today, actually. Where it looks like we're already ten minutes in. So. Stampid hangover. Stampede hangover, but our our guest today is the assistant coach of Team Canada for the PBR's Global Cup 2020 in Arlington, Texas. It's Tanner Gerlitz. He's the 2006 Canadian Pro Rodeo Champion Bull Rider. He's everybody's friend, Tanner Gerlitz. From the town named after a breakfast food. (laughs) (laughs) Cereal zone, Tanner Gerlitz. Tanner, how are you tonight? What's going on? Oh, pretty good. Just got home here. Yeah. Going to go hang out for a bit. Tell us about another day tell us about the new uh the new gig you've been working on lately since retiring from the from the bull riding world yeah since since i quit i've uh started a septic company and i'm i'm number one in the number two business now <laughs> <laughs> i uh how did how did that come about that is that kind of was that kind of through vince a little bit or how did how did you end up in this in the number two business yeah well vince he, he like builds lots of pads and stuff for houses and People are always asking about it, and it's like a pretty lengthy and boring course you got to go through to get it. So I uh, I went and took the course and got my ticket. And yeah, since then I've been I've been busy. I haven't uh, I've been kind of just working for myself here this whole summer, and that's been good. It's been keeping me on my toes. So and something totally different after you know after leaving the bull riding world. It's kind of uh, like. You know, a guy. A lot of guys don't uh, don't you know have that transition into the retirement side. But it's nice to be able to start your own business and still be your own boss at this point, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like my kids are getting is getting older now and starting to do sports and stuff. It's nice to be able to to quit at three or four o'clock if I have to to go watch or play ball or 
go skating or do whatever she's got on her plate. So that part's really nice. And I'm, I mean, if I want to go move cows one day, I go move cows one day. It's, there's no one telling me I got to punch in at eight and punch out at five. Still make your own schedule just like you did, did, uh, before. Hey, like it's still the same kind of I think, deal. Yeah. And I think that's like the hardest thing ever for guys that rodeo is getting put on a schedule. It's, it's super hard to transition from that, you know, to kind of fly at your own pace and see to your pants and do what you want when you want and then retire and then just nose the grindstone eight to five or like it's, it's a big transition from getting up in the morning and make sure you don't miss entries from in between eight and two. <laughs> kind of a different, different, well, it's a totally different life that way, but. What did you What did you expect yeah. things to be like that way when you when you did retire? Uh I, I I knew I was I was I was done when I quit. I knew I was ready to be done. Yeah. Um, and I I worked for Vince for a few years, and I still do if he's shorthanded or whatever. And I got time, I'll go give him a hand. Uh, I I'd been working for him for three or four years before I quit too. So it all started the summer. I, hurt my shoulder at Calgary. He needed a guy and I was at home anyway. So I started working for him that summer and it kind of carried on till, till now. So I don't know. I, I, <clears throat> I knew I wanted to kind of stay involved with rodeo somehow, but saying I was ready for a little breather from it for a bit too. Not so much the people and the friends and that stuff, but the, the late nights, the, the traveling all night and being sore, that part there, I didn't, I still, to this day, don't miss driving overnight somewhere. Yeah, uh, definitely not. I don't think anybody misses the overnight drives that much. No. No. Um, Tanner, the, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Your phone's kind of cutting out a little bit once in a while. I just thought I'd let Mine you is? Yeah, it, it's had a weird, really weird sound. It's like you're losing reception. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's happening right now, even. It's weird. Is that better? I just moved to the other end of the house. I think so. It's okay right now. Yeah. Hopefully it's not on. Yeah, right. like, yeah I just moved to the other end of the house and uh Tanner, I wanna I wanna go uh, into your bull riding career and I just thought about this the other day when we were talking about doing this podcast, but wasn't there didn't you start your pro rodeo career and win like eight rodeos in a row or something? Or what was that stat when you first broke onto the pro scene? I remember I remember being there in two thousand four in Hand Hills and you rode after Blaster. I think you were 88 or 89 points or something, and you won that rodeo there. And I remember Wacy Finkbeiner would have been like, he would have been like 12. I was 14, and you were just 18 in 04, I guess. But like, isn't that, wasn't that, uh, that would have been one of your first pro rodeos right close to home too. But was that, was that true that you won like your first eight pro rodeos in a row, or what was the story there? Uh, my first seven. Seven, okay, I was one off. Yeah. Yeah, so I went. I started at Falkland, and I uh, I won Falkland, my first one, and then yeah, I went to all the spring rodeos and had some pretty damn good luck. And then my streak actually come to an end at Innisfail, is where I hit the dirt. So, but you won eight in a row. That's like that's probably something that has had never happened before, and maybe would maybe never happen again. I couldn't imagine anybody doing that at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of. I drew some really good bulls and I don't think I had a single one that went to the left. And back then I was, I was pretty damn good at riding bulls in my hand. It, uh, it all kind of worked out for me that way. I was drawn really good. And to say that I, uh, 
I wasn't getting some new kid on the block favorite points is would be a, a lie too. So there's a couple of rodeos I probably shouldn't have won at, but they let me win them and it uh yeah. What was the what was the highlight of that run then? Was it one of those rides in a place like Hand Hills, like a tiny little rodeo out, you know, close to home, or what was what was the highlight? I'm I'm curious like what the high point was. Uh I probably my my first rodeo. Um at Falkland, I had Grim Reaper and I knew I had a good shot to win it on him. And someone was, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Ian McKay was 89 on him the first day. And then I had him the last day and I was 91 on him. And to be 91 at your first rodeo and, and, uh, and win it, it was, it was a pretty surreal, surreal feeling getting off. And then when they said my score, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Well, but you had you would you have been ninety points before and like in, in the PCBs or like in like some open bull ridings before? What was or what was because you were already riding all those good bulls before you even broke onto the pro scene too? Yeah, well, back then the PCB or the PBR Canada was a PCB, so like me and Chad Bestplug, Zane, all these guys that are uh, were the PBR Canada and the CPRA guys that have been going the last few years we all cracked out when we were 15 and 16 years old in the PCB because there was no age limit. And then that's when we had to ride against the tough guys. So yeah, I, uh, I think that was probably my third or fourth 90 at, at Falkland when I got it, but it, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Just back then you just, I remember getting on bulls like kid rock and lights out and some of the, the best that, we ever had in our pen for sure and chin music and some of them when i was 15 and 16 years old well and uh so when when were you 90 the first time i remember, remember there's another story about devin Maisie, and he was <clears throat> wasn't he 90 points before he ever was 80 in bowden that time when he was like 15 yeah yeah he was he was actually 90 twice that day he rode bandolero and then he was 90 again on high risk holy before yeah, he was, was like 80 points just 14, maybe 14 years old, and he was doing that. Yeah, holy crap! Well, Zane, you're on here right now, too. Tell us about tell us about those PCB years. I want another perspective of this. This is like before my time. Oh, well, PCB days were, were good, they were um, not as much production happening to it, but I mean, it was kind of the start of our professional bull riding league in Canada. And um, I mean, for me, I was like Tanner said, we got in at a young age, there was no limit on when we got in but i was traveling from out east at that time i was living in manitoba and um i'd just uh fill the shoots when jason would need an extra guy at one of these pcbs and um like you said it was the best we had in canada there was outstanding bulls at that time uh same quality of bulls and riders as you kind of get now um it was it was good quality bull riding and uh it that's why the pbr kind of wanted it to switch over to pbr and stuff too so yeah they were great events and um that kind of started it all for us. The kids up here in Canada for the PBR. Was was Austin involved at the at the time there too, or or how did that how did he end up being part of the PBR Canada things when when that also yeah started? he was the president of the PCB at the one at the time when it made the transition over. And I think it was a timing thing for him because I remember riding with him and and it would have been just that year before he'd have been riding and then it, he probably just retired when he got that position. Oh, really? I would imagine, but because um, yeah. I remember riding with Austin and. And then next year he was our president. So, huh? Interesting. Well, and uh, Tanner, I want to go. I want to go back to 2006 too. 
And I, I, I didn't realize the other day, but that's like, like even 2004, like that's 15 years ago this, this year now that you uh, busted <laughs> on the pro rodeo scene. Like, I mean, you know, none of us are that old, but it, it kind of made me think like, holy crap, we've been kind of doing this for a while. And for yourself, that was only when you're 18, like with your family, with the bulls, you've been doing this for, you know, 32 years now. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've been a part of it for a long time and it's, uh, I got on my first, I did, I was terrible at riding steers. So I mean, like I went pro one year when I was 13 and I got done my pro year and I didn't make the Canadian finals and I was just sour on steer riding. So I told dad, I'm going to ride bulls cause that's what I got on at home in the practice pen. And I seemed to stay on at home and I couldn't stay on anywhere else. <clears throat> on the steers so i i switched to bulls the next year and i made the fca finals and the wra and lra finals when i was 14 and then the next year i kept going to all the amateur rodeos and the pcbs and yeah just kind of kept going on and on and on and i know when i turned 18 i was i was ready to go in the Perry rodeos and and i was gung-ho and ready to go like i was i knew i was in my head, I had the CFR made before I even got my card, and I I knew if I just kept plugging away, I'd get her. And that year, I ended up, and I, I snuck in. I didn't just make it by a landslide, but I snuck in at like eighth or tenth place or something. So, yeah, and then I made it for a few years in a row there. Well, and uh, and then your final one was uh, was 2017 in in Edmonton, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last year they had it in Edmonton, that was my last CFR too. Yeah. Okay, well, and then um, going from there, then you uh, you spent some time in the in the PBR, like with the PBR at the elite level, and there was a there was one wreck that really stands out to me. I think it was Nampa, wasn't it? Wasn't it like on a bull yellow jacket junior or something, or what was that? That was in Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, yeah, yeah, that was a bad one. Not much fun. <laughs> but what? Tell me about that that wreck though, because I want to like I wanted to ask about highlights and lowlights of the career and. I want, to, I want to talk some funny stories too, like just some shit that's happened on the road, and you know, like. Well, that that, that was a stupid, crazy experience because we're at the Prince Albert PBR. Yeah. I I won the first round, and then I had a grudge match bowl between Tyler Thompson and I, and I had to get on plain and simple. So I put a helmet on. I didn't wear a helmet till that point, so I put a helmet on plain and simple. And then the next day, I got on. Wait a minute, and then short round, I had convict. So I put a helmet on again when I had convict. And then uh, I didn't stay on any of them hard ones. So I was like, well, that helmet's no good. I'll throw it out. And then I had the Yellow Jacket Junior the next weekend in Des Moines. So I left the helmet at home, went down there, and he he just kind of bucked out across there and had me hanging away from my hand and turned back into me and hit me in the chin and knocked me out. And I hung to him for a long, long time. And you were about knocked, knocked out. Yeah. And I finally come loose and whatever. I remember waking up and Tandy was stitching my head. <laughs> and I was still sleeping, so we didn't bother using freezing, but then I woke oh, up, and no. I was, was right in the middle of it, so I kind of woke up to that, and I couldn't see out of my one eye. They, He hit me in the eye, and they put a patch over my eye, and they got me all cleaned up or whatever when we got back to the hotel, and I was staying with uh, Aaron and Rocky McDonald, and I look in the, I got home, and I went to look in the, or in the hotel, and I got home. We went for supper and dicked around, and kind of went around and did some shit and I felt like ass, but I kept going with everyone. And 
we walked back to the hotel. Across, we were in a little pub downstairs, and I finally had enough. I went up to the room. I went to go in the bathroom, wash my face, and just have a look at things. And Luke Snyder had painted an eye on my eye patch <laughs> <laughs> while I was sleeping. <laughs> and I went around the town of Des Moines with this painted on, like, Ash Cooper-looking <laughs> fake eye <laughs> on my head. Oh, no. Yeah, it was... Yeah, and then on the way, we, me and Aaron drove down to it. I met him in Yellowgrass, and on the way home, I was out of it for a long time. And On the way home, Aaron looked pretty tired, and I said I was good to drive, and it wasn't very long. Aaron took over again and said, I'm not going to sleep anyway. You might as well. <laughs> yeah, I was, wasn't in very good shape. Then I got in the car at Yellowgrass and drove home. I have no idea how I made it home. I don't remember even going home. Oh, man. Yeah, it was... Uh, that was a that was my worst deal I had happened to me probably and looking back on it now like I only sat out for well, ten days two weeks holy at the most I I rode again a couple weeks later just put a helmet on and went at her again but I <clears throat> I remember it was just kind of the start of the concussion tests and I was right when Brandon was first coming around and I tried and I was failing it miserably and. Just kept putting my on a rope and getting on and went the rest of the year, so. Jesus. So that was, and what, what year was that? Oh, nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, well, and there was, there's still not, there's still nothing in place that says, that doesn't say a guy can't ride or anything, but like, holy. Like but I think back now, and, no, looking back and seeing what's happened the last few years, the guy would have enough common sense, I would hope, but. Yeah. Especially when that bad, it's wasn't like I just rung my bell. I was. You were messed up for a few I, days. It sounds like after. Oh yeah, like for the next year, I had testing done. Me and Britt, she made me go to the doctor a few times because we had me tested for Parkinson's. Because my head, I just sit. If I got tired or I got sitting still, my head would start shaking. Holy! Like today, like even today, in the last year, you mean? Is that what no? You're it doesn't do it now. It only lasts for about a year, and then it Holy finally shit. went away. Holy shit. Well, and, uh, yeah, geez, that's just, that seems wild now to look back and the guy, you know, didn't think much <laughs> of it at the time, but like, holy shit. I didn't think much of it until a couple of Januarys ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It all comes back to you then though, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> well, and you and Ty were close too. Like he lived at your house. He, he, you he was the land, like your house was the landing point when he first came, first came over to Alberta. Yeah, I actually met him for the first time. Well, the first time I ever met him was me and Ty Elliott did a little BCRA bull riding school thing in Vernon. And that was the first time I met him. And I couldn't figure out where all my gloves went on my bag. And the little bastard stole my gloves out of my bag. Just, he didn't, wasn't even right-handed. He just took all my gloves. Yeah, they're backwards. Did so he turn them inside out or what the fuck was he up to? Or something on them. Yeah, he just took my gloves a little prick. So. <laughs> and he finally come clean about it when he moved to the house. And, really? Yeah. Just stole all your shit. Yeah. Just messing with you. Yeah, just constantly being tired, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he, I seen him again at a WPB in Olds on beers, and he come and stayed with us that weekend, and I said, well, why don't you just come live out in the house? I had bulls at Olds for Dad and Ray and Randy, and I said, well, i got a room here, so he stayed with us, and 
And I said, well, you just come over in the spring and live with us for the summer. And yeah, he did for a couple of years there. And it was good. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, I mean, he kicked ass for a couple of years, like a few years there. And you know, that was, that was like 2011 was probably when he first started coming out. Right. Or was it 2010? 2010, I think. 2010? First final. Yeah. Because yeah. it was him and Bo Brooks and Patton were all in the rookie race that year in 2010 yeah. at the finals. And then, uh, and that was the year that, uh, wasn't that the year that Torque won it? Was it 2010? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because 11 was, well, I don't know who 11 was now. I'm not, or no, 11 was Best Plug. And he won it in 13 in the pro rodeos. Because that's your Zane. Yeah. That's your U1 PBR Canada. And Tyler won PBR Canada in 2011. Aaron won it in 2012. It's all pretty convoluted at this point. But yeah, I think it was 13 that Chad won his title, and I'd won. He won PBR Canada. He got Canada a couple title. of them though. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Though that they're both 13. That was both 13, and then yeah, shit. Yeah, Chad's first one was 2011. Yeah, that's right. And his was 13. So it was definitely was pork in 2010. Then that that adds up. Yep. But uh, we're we're a little bit of a sidebar there, but. Let's uh, we talk about the low light with that with that wreck in in Des Moines there. But what about uh, what about some of the highlights? Uh, my highlight was just getting to go down and be in the locker room with some guys. Like man, when I got to go down there, I was riding against McBride and Shivers, and that was them, them guys were my heroes. Some of the guys I grew up watching on TV, and I mean, even to call them guys acquaintances, not only friends but just acquaintances through bull riding, that was the highlight to me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't tear the house on fire when I went down there at all, but I, uh, I got to meet a lot of guys that I, that bull riding would never give me the opportunity to meet. And I, I, that was a pretty big privilege for me. What about some of the best rides though? One of the, one of the ones that stands out for me was in those green shaps in Calgary, the first year that they changed the scoring system over. And you were like, I want to see her 89 on the rock. I think if that's right, does that yeah, ring a bell? Oh. Like that one kind of that stood out. That was a pretty exciting time for me too. That was my first stampede, and I won a couple rounds that year. And then, yeah, I got thrown off in the ten round. But yeah, that was a pretty exciting week for sure. Um, probably one of the better rides I ever made was at the Glen Keeley on Igor Finkelstiff. Mm-hmm. That was one, and then at most of my good rides are at the Glen Keeley. Seems like hmm. I rode Midnight Madness there one year too. It was one that kind of stood out. And then this is That's a real tackle. throwback. I rode Jiminy Twist at Hellkirk one year, and I was ninety-one on him, and that was one of my favorite rides I ever made in my life. And I was, I think, I was sixteen or something then. No shit, huh? How many were you that day on the rock though? Was it were you eighty-nine or were you ninety? What were you that day? I was ninety. Yeah. You were ninety. Okay. I remember watching the back and like Snyder and those guys were commenting on it and Snyder's like, you know, he got kind of lo- like it was something Cody, some Codyism where he was saying you got loaded, <laughs> but he was trying to say it nicely on TV. But it was still a badass ride. Like it was kind of like, yeah. And then we, uh, what was Cody's little show called again? Cody had a show. Yeah, he had like a little, a little talk show during Calgary. Really. Oh, what the hell is like? I'll tell you what, or <laughs> oh, that sounds exactly right. <laughs> I'll tell you. What. I'll tell you what. <laughs> hey, I'm Cody Something Snyder. Like I'll tell you what. He put me <laughs> and uh, oh dear, and he brought Lester Garnett and Perry Gursky on the. I'll tell you what show. All three of us are sitting there, and he confronted them about loading me in front really? of me. Really? <laughs> what? 
That's yeah. pretty aggressive. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was. That'd make for some good TV. Yeah. What? So what but, did they yeah. have to say? What was their? What were their? What was their excuse? Like, or what well, you got to look at it from our perspective. Like we weren't judging a ride and a, a rider and a bull. We were judging. I was judging the bull. And the bull was a whatever. Yeah. I was judging the rider. rider was this. So yeah. put them all together. That's how the score works. Yeah. So frig off, Cody. Once they kind of explained it to everyone, they they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was just kind of like, kind of like something different. I'll tell you what. I can't remember what. I, it probably is. It, that sounds about right. <laughs> That's it awesome. Was um, I gotta. I want to ask, man. Like Tanner, like I don't know how to how to say it right now. I don't have it written down or any or planned out or anything. But like Tanner, you you've been kind of like a comedian of the circuit, or like you're always cracking <laughs> jokes and having shit. fun, having fun. Yeah, having a great time. Like he's always you've always got the greatest stories about what's whatever's going on. Like even the other day when we went to Moose John back, like you had some crazy story about something awesome happening. But like. I want to. I just want to throw one at you. The one with Devin and the Shake and Falkland, and then you can just take it from there on what some of your fun like. The what one? Devin with the Shake when he was doing the the Neil. Uh, who was that? <laughs> he was singing karaoke, Neil and it was McCoy. the Shake. Neil McCoy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was. <laughs> that was. Uh, that was a lot of beers in us. Actually, it wasn't as many beers as you would think were in us either. Really. Yeah, he kind of was just free willed and did that. That was good stuff. <laughs> I think that was his song. I heard him play that maybe another time. Too. Oh, he loved that song. <laughs> he yeah. was good at it. That was his go to in the karaoke. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. <laughs> and then it. he has the I dance move to match too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I just want to hear. I want to hear one of your like most favorite stories from the road tenor. That's kind of what I'm after with this podcast. Like, I wanna, I want people to, yeah, you know, if maybe it's a tie story about like maybe the time when you guys were telling him he couldn't, he couldn't ride at the CFR or like. I don't know what it is, but something something like that. I'd love to hear some one of your stories. <laughs> Put me on the spot, no. I should have I should have uh, let you in on the seek, on the deal here before, but I got to think of a good story now. Okay, well you can start. I got back one that better. I one for sure. Okay, I'm just trying to think of a PG one too. Well, I mean, we can get away with a little bit on the podcast. Like, no, we don't want well, to yeah, encourage yeah, any I, divorces I or anything. Or <laughs> I know like, that. Yeah. I know what I get away with. But some of them like. You couldn't get away with on fucking browsers. <laughs> Unreal. Should I pause the recording while we bullshit for a while? <laughs> Think one up. We got like five minutes left. Here, I'll pause it for a sec. Okay, go ahead, Tanner. Yeah, so probably my favorite story ever on the road is one time, I don't know, Zane, you'll remember this too, when we all used to pack paintball guns around and shoot each other. <laughs> <laughs> and and Daryl Church, Daryl Church was this guy from New Zealand, and he was huge and tough. And Finkbinder, we were driving by their vehicle, and Finkbinder had his, his gun out the window and started shooting the window and someone's window was down a little bit, and it shot Daryl Church right in the eyeball. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and he wasn't, like, as mad as I kind of thought he was going to be. <laughs> he took it pretty good. Oh, man. And he just, they pulled over, and we were all like, fuck, you all right, Churchy? And he's like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good, I think. And he's like, hey, I get to shoot you in the eye. He's like, no. <laughs> he's like, no, I'm shooting you in the eye. <laughs> Jason's like, No. <laughs> I'm shooting you in your brown eye. Jason's like, 
I have green eyes. I know, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to shoot him right in the asshole. That was his... <laughs> <laughs> and like was chasing him. Around. Good thing Fink Punter's fast because he was chasing him around, <laughs> trying to catch him. Oh, and then he finally got him. We were at a his Jason Soto's fishing, and Jason's fishing rod <laughs> hook got caught in the middle of the creek. And he was like tiptoeing out on rocks, trying to get his hook undone off some weeds. And Churchy found a, a paintball gun and just lit him up out in the middle of the creek. <laughs> oh man. Jeez, these paintball times. That sounds. Oh, that intense. was that was fun. I forgot about them. Those oh, are crap. Those are good. <laughs> the old church, he was quite the, quite the guy. Man, in the eyeball though, like, how did he not lose an eye? Like that, like, paint a picture for us oh. on what what church was like though. Like he was like all like Zane, Zane, Wacy, and I, com- and you combined probably was one church. Like he was a. Yeah, his head was size eight. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest head I've ever seen. And the flattest broom hat. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it would soar when he'd fly it. Oh, wow. It. Yeah. It oh, he was, it was crazy. Like, and he would just, and he rolled really, really good. Yeah. For, like, a big guy. Like, Yeah, he he looked like a, a silverback gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, in man. fact... We're not allowed in the Lloyd Minister Boston Pizza with Daryl anymore because he got naked and pretended he was a silverback gorilla once. <laughs> in the in the Boston Pizza in Lloyd Minster. Yeah. Would would like was it was this like a willing thing like like Devin like he just wanted to do this or was this? Uh... Yeah, he just he just thought it was funny. He'd just walk around on his on his knuckles and his hands and knees and his feet and his knuckles butt naked and then all of a sudden stand up and pound his chest a little bit and then. <laughs> go around and then like steal people's food off their plates and, uh, <laughs> oh my god wow good sounds like yeah he was he's quite the guy i haven't seen churchy for a long time he's back Jeez. home though holy oh man that was uh that was a good laugh <laughs> you got any more of those because we could just do this for hours I, i'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, i got i got quite a few stories in the old bank but yeah the old Roman candles were pretty popular too when the paintballs got put away. Oh, the year I had that free truck for in Canada. Yeah, I remember Devin's pissing on the side of the road. We were in fly. Denton's van, and uh, your truck come flying by, and uh, <laughs> thought we were safe, but this fancy new van had two doors, and it, sh- it went right through the van. Luckily, it didn't stop in the van. It went right through the van window. I right the other side. Holy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, Devin set off in a complete fireworks display in the cab of my truck. Mm. <laughs> like big fireworks, not Roman candles. Like <laughs> right in the truck, going like a hundred down the highway. Was that the truck they gave you? <laughs> yeah, I gave it back. Yeah. <laughs> like this was that was was that part of the reason why they give a voucher now instead of a truck? <laughs> I don't know. I other than that, it was and the tires. I I got one hundred and seventy two thousand on that truck in a year, and I did it all on one set of tires. <laughs> one set of tires, and was there like was there uh, was there anything left of them, or are they just straight like metal, or what the hell happened? Yeah, it was mostly wire. You could have brushed barbecue with them. Holy, yeah, Holy. it was. Everyone kept calling. I just kept going. 
I was wanting to see how far they'd go, and I had to fix flats a few times. And the guys at the body shop was like, "You got to get these fixed." I'm like, "I'll just patch it, get it patched." <laughs> oh man, oh man, <clears throat> that was awesome. Like I, like I said, we could just keep telling stories the whole day. So <laughs> w- wait, tell me, tell me about this van thing, though, Zane. Was this like, were, who was shooting in the? Va- it went right through the van. Like, was that? Tan, like Tanner shot you guys, but your doors were open. It went through. Yeah, we were on the side of the road. I can't remember exactly where we were coming from. We were in Saskatchewan, and, and we'd pulled over on the road, and obviously they eyed us up and knew it was us. Yeah, uh, parked on the side <laughs> of the road. The boys taking a leak, and uh, had the doors windows open, and they were going to hit us in the ditch when we were pants down taking yeah. a leak. Yeah, and uh, it got a little close to the van, so close that yeah, one of Denton's windows or. The van just about caught on fire if it would have stopped, but it went right through, luckily. Oh, and uh, and uh, Denton's wife was no no more the wiser, I guess. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Tanner, there's uh, there's one question we ask everybody on the show, and it's what uh, what their definition of cowboy shit is. So hopefully we don't put you on the spot with this one, but I'm uh, I'm curious what your definition is before we wrap it up here. I think just if you got a cowboy out on your head, I think cowboy shit is just knowing that you're a cowboy like and being a cowboy with honesty integrity stand up sit down when you or stand up when you meet someone shake their hand look them in the eye like that's that to me is cowboy shit we uh we got some more time here i want to talk more i want to talk about your family's kind of history on the bull side of things a little bit i just want to you know give us a little little bit of rundown on that and kind of you know, the girl that's rodeo stock and, and your family that way and some of the great bulls. And you talked about, like, you talked about some of those bulls that time in PA and how, you know, they were some of the baddest cats in Canada at the time. But, like, you guys raised some of the greatest bulls that, you know, Canada's ever seen and some that, have, that went down to the States too, actually, and it made a good career out of things down there too. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was a fun deal for us. Grandpa started in the 70s. Well, and he just got bought some bulls for dad and them to practice on. And it ended up getting a few rodeos here, a few rodeos there. And then he started his own rodeo at his house. And, um, yeah, he kind of grew from there. And then he started, Don Carlisle had some Brahma cows. So grandpa would send Don bulls to breed with. And then Don would breed his Brahma cows. And we'd buy all the, the bull cows back from Don. And, uh, that system worked for a long, long time, and there's, I don't know how many Canadian champion bulls we've ever raised, but Double Up, Blaster, Dustbuster, uh, Walk On, White Lightning, Final Fantasy, Light So, all the list, there's more, but uh, Millennium, there's a lot of bulls there that, that went to the World Finals, and uh, and we sold South. There's I don't know. I bet we've had 20 or so bulls go to the world finals. Um, and then, like I said, bulls of Calgary, bulls of bulls of the CFR, Canadian champion bulls, heaven on earth. Some of them ones like there's a lot of good bulls there for a long time. And then Don kind of, he got, got uh, tired of dealing with the cows and stuff and he was getting a little older. So he sold up sold out and actually that's where Tyler Thompson's cows come from. So Tyler Thompson bought all Carlisle's cows and then so in the same same breath with Carlisle and Girl with Radio News and the likes of Sheep Creek and 
seven dust and some of them bulls with Tyler's handling and ability to reap no cattle and stuff and put them with the right cows with the right bulls and stuff. So yeah, it's been a it's getting pretty hard pressed anymore unless they come from the US to find a bull in Canada that doesn't go back somewhere to Carlisle or Gerlitz breeding. No way. I, that's that stuff I didn't really know either. Like I knew some about some of the bulls you guys have raised too, but that's uh kind of cool to hear the story from, you know, from your grandpa Wilf and and uh, I mean his yeah. his name still lives on in a lot of places between, you know, the all around title and Hannah and and his five yeah. his five Canadian championships in the bull riding between, you know, it was the late 40s, wasn't it? Uh, I think the, the last one was like 62. 62. He won it okay. 55, 56, 58. Yeah, it was all within them times. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what else to ask you, Tanner. I think we're uh, probably set. Do you guys, Zane, Wacy, you guys got anything to add before we call our quits here? You hit it all, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add, Tanner, for the record here before we shut it down? No, I should be all right. Why weren't you at the hockey tournament this year? Hannah. You missed Hannah. out. What happened? On the championship. Yeah, we won this time, Tanner, but you weren't there. What the heck? I can't remember what it, Oh, I was in Arizona. Oh, okay, okay. That's, That's when fair. we ended up in Arizona. Uh, Tanner, I want to ask one more thing, too, while we're on the record here, but... I uh, I just and I wanted to say too that I've I've been really impressed with your work as a shoot boss lately. I know last year in Oyen was one of the first times I've seen you work, but you ran off rattled off like sixteen steer riders in like eleven minutes or something, and I just was like super impressed <laughs> and super happy to see that kind of thing happen. So I just wanted to give you props on that and let anybody know that's listening if they're looking for a shoot boss, Tanner Girl, this is for hire. <laughs> it's easy when you got good backpan help and the bulls come in the right order and steers and stuff so well i think with that job too it's a lot of respect with the guys too and just and like for you have be, having done it there's a lot of guys that shoot boss that you know like no offense to them but they haven't done it and they haven't tied their hand in a rope on on something they don't realize how much time it takes and just let, letting guys know how many guys are ahead of them and just kind of being in the loop on things like it makes a lot of difference to just to just well, I know myself know. I've told more than one shoot boss that's never done it before <laughs> where to go when he says something because it drives me nuts yeah so it's 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 good to have that backing on your side note you know to do it so I yeah. just yeah I'm impressed with your work there so keep it up thanks buddy awesome okay well we'll call it a day here man thanks again we'll uh we'll catch up soon sounds good guys okay thanks Tanner thanks Tanner all right, see you, man. See you guys. Yeah. Thanks again to Tanner Gerlitz for being part of Cowboy Shit, the podcast. Thanks for being part of the show. Tanner had some fucking awesome stories, didn't he? he great stories. Weren't they? Like, he's a funny guy. He's, he's just a funny guy. That was a lot of fun. Because he was at the rodeo yesterday running neck ropes. Yep. And he was just like, it was fun just because he's joking around. Oh, yeah. Like, was he asking you when the show was coming out? Nope. No? Nope. We didn't talk about that actually. Okay, that's fair. We were <laughs> one of the funny things you said. We were, um, the like the camera people, like the the guy who did the opening video, who like the director. They were doing some taking some footage for whatever reason. Oh man, video. did that guy like almost get run over at one point, or did he just yeah. freak out so and like th- push there's, someone? There's a funny story with this guy. Yeah. So let's hear it. There was a guy in the back of the shoots, and he was talking to this guy, but mm-hmm. Matt was standing in between him. So then Matt thought that. This he was guy, talking to him? Yeah. So he goes up and talks to him, and he's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the guy behind you. <laughs> and then 
And then Matt was telling us about it. Then Tanner comes up and he's like, I can see why they were confused. You guys are wearing the same hat. (laughs) 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 It was really really funny. In total Tanner, in in a total Tannerism where he just like, Oh yeah! Boom! Just, just slide it, drop. Slide in, just roast. You guys are wearing the same hat. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh. I just like a test. Uh, what kind? Of, he's just a funny guy. Fun guy to be around as well. He's how, a fun guy. How do you think things will be different with with Tanner being Tanner and Scott being the coaches? Like, how is that going to be a different for Team Canada this year? Mm, I think having guy like, not saying Aaron was a bad coach, but just having a guy because like, he was like player coaching, right? Having two guys who are there just to coach will be a big difference for those guys. And I think the whole like they're different kind type of ways. The way the their leadership qualities are different. Like Scott, this guy can go in there and like motivate and like be uplifting in that way. And I think Tanner's the kind of guy he'll be like, came in like, you need to do this and like fucking bear down, don't be a pussy kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he'll be like the he'll be your blunt end of it. So I think having that mixture of coaches is an, is a good deal. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I yeah I agree with you on that side. It'll be a little bit different that way, and like you say, nothing against Aaron. I think it's just gonna be a di- little bit different. I think we're gonna have a completely different team though. Yeah, and and I mean Zane was on our last show, but 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 Zane's not gonna get an automatic ticket in for being no. a two-time Canadian champion and being who he is, a former you know reserve Canadian pro rodeo champion. I know he's been to the PBRs for all these years and, mm-hmm. and done what he's done, but he's not going to be a shoe in. Like they're going to take the guys riding the best at the time. We got guys you can hang. Yeah. And, and it, and it kind of goes back to our conversation we had off the record about Dakota. It's like, you got to qualify. Like yeah. you can be the best. Absolutely. You still got to make the qualifications. You got to qualify. Or you got to get picked. Like, yeah, I hope that they still take the best guys on. Like you can, you, they're not going to take the best guys on paper. They're not going to take the guys that have been, you know, have no. been the, have, have all the titles. It's going to be whoever, Whoever is riding the best at the time. That's I mean, you need. Aaron might be our top guy ever in the history of Canadian like PBR Canada, but he might not make the team. No, you know, no offense to Aaron, but he might not make the team, and that might be a tough pill to swallow for a guy that's ridden the PBR for his entire career. But we're gonna if a, we want to go win. Ticket. If we're gonna go want to go win this Global Cup title, we gotta have the best guys in Canada the riding the best at the time, because mm-hmm. otherwise we can't we can't rely on on the, on paper. We gotta rely um, on who's we'll riding the best. At, look, use Brazil for an example, like. Glarame's retirement year, they didn't use. He was an alternate. Yeah, absolutely. There like, you go. Like that, he's the best. He's the he's one of the best of all time for Brazil. It might hurt some feelings, but it's gonna be. I, I, I we gotta win this sh- thing. But then, as those guys, you should take a step back and realize, like, hey, like, I've had the successful career. I'm near the end of my career, which maybe they aren't. I don't maybe, know. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? And be like, like, I, like hand the t- and they, they should realize, like, we gotta go down there and win and represent and mm-hmm. hand it off to these guys who are riding really good. Like, I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So but Calgary, who, who knows? Calgary, back to Calgary. Here we had, uh, you know, huge, great event. We even did our first uh, episode of the panel. That was really cool, man. Got the panel down. Hey? I'm glad we did that. We got some good feedback on it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. liked it? Yeah, a lot of people that I've, that I've watched it were really impressed with it and how informative and and just like how easy to follow it was too. It wasn't just like a bunch of four guys sitting at a table just fucking talking. We kind of had a little bit of a plan. I, I tried yeah. to make a plan but you kinda, you briefly kinda, You want to walk a fine line between worked. like having a plan and then like a solid like, or like a little plan and a solid plan because if it's too scripted, then it doesn't. It looks kind of silly. It's not, genu- it's not genuine. I wanted to ask uh, Keenan about team roping, why the Stampede doesn't have mm-hmm. team roping. And I mean, I thought I think about it now though. And I don't know if they've ever had it. I can't I don't tell you have. that answer. I'm not sure if they ever have. Mm. Um, but what is the benefit to them? And and no offense to the team ropers, but what if There's what is no the benefit added to value them? to the rodeo by having right? team roping? None. They already have a full full event. They already have a full mm-hmm. 
like a fully produced show. It's already a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. They have the four round. Mm-hmm. They're already getting flack on the chuck wagon side of things from the mm-hmm. from the animal side. And another of roping like, event event would not do you any favors in that. that I aspect. don't think. I mean, the, the like and going back to the tie down roping, like the tie down roping is probably the worst event in the rodeo now. Mm-hmm. They could just as well trade that for breakaway and mm-hmm. have more ladies there. They want to they want to bring more ladies into the event, more mm-hmm. women into the. To rodeo, bring in breakaway roping. Equally as exciting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. sorry, tied on ropers, but like, what do you guys bring to the table here? It's kind of mm-hmm. tough to, mm-hmm. kind of tough to defend that at this point. Honestly, mm-hmm. sorry, but I mean, how do you how do you do it? No, I I agree, man. It's it's legit. Like it it has to, for me uh, for anything a person or something it has to add value to the show, right? Definitely. Where and and the team roping wouldn't do it. And the the calf roping is walking line where it doesn't add value. It's it's what's catching them the flack it, in the public it, eye, right? Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how it I don't know how it does. There's part yeah, like partially though when those guys miss on Sunday in the final four, there is a crowd going cheering. ooh. Oh yeah, they're not yeah. cheering. They're yeah, like no, I don't. They're yeah, following I mean, yeah, all not, long enough that they're like yeah. they know that missing is bad. And, and people cheer still when there's a fast run and stuff. So it's That's it's a good true. event. It's the like, people enjoy it, but and it's very technical. Like as far as rodeo goes, it's very technical. I have Man. to give them that. I, t- I taught it's myself how to rope calves one summer, and it's so hard. Oh yeah, so hard. I give them that. Like it it is probably the toughest event to run next to maybe bronc riding or even bronc riding might be easier than tie down roping as far as. Hundred percent, it is, man. There's Getting like in so time many, with the Bronc, I don't. I don't you got, you got, all there's so many things. You have the things go you wrong. have to do as yourself as the athlete, and you have and your the, horsemanship quality. Yeah, and then you got all the moving parts. You have you got to like work your slack and step Where off. With the right. Bronc, you just got to sperm good. And it's timing. It's all it's timing. True. Yeah. So no, it's it's interesting. But. but but then again, team roping. I don't know. Try and argue that one in there. Plus, it's going to cost so much more money. Mm-hmm. You got to add another hundred thousand dollar check. You got to add in the add in the go around money. It's another two hundred thousand dollars. Added cost plus mm-hmm. your stock cost plus your time in the rodeo plus yeah. your parking plus your your show up checks like well it's it's double oh. double the prize money because of two people on the yeah team. there you go yeah it's like well, it'd be it's probably a half 000. million dollar yeah. ad yeah. at least maybe more yeah. plus and it's not adding anything to your show I don't I don't think so no sorry guys they're better they're better so. off like as a stamp, like you said breakaway well, and, and, but and even like another event but even even in that sense they're better off adding the novelty stuff and even it's not really novelty but like the the, the relay races and yeah or they, adding a bowl jumper yeah like bring, bring, bring manu like like yeah people, probably like, people love manu. that man and that's what True. it's a show look at how well uh pulls after dark went over with people that's what i mean like it, it's yeah it's they they rather see that kind of stuff than another rodeo event they don't know nothing about that's, I, I, it's a funny story. Here's a funny story from Steph. I almost got in a fight with a guy Uh-oh. walking from the Kit Moore concert. I wasn't even talking to this guy. So Uh-oh. I was walking down the sidewalk with Derek and Tiffany, friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And I was t- explaining to them, like, I just found it crazy how people love the chuck wagon so much just because it's, yeah. it just, it, if you break it down to the bare bones, it's just a race. Yeah, but it's easy it, to follow. But then again, that's why people love it so much. That's so I was true. talking about this, and this guy turns around to me on the, the sidewalk and like pushes me. He's like, what, what the fuck are you saying about my event? I'm like, I'm saying what? that you, people like your event better than the rodeo. And like, I just like looked at him like, you're an idiot. So he tried whatever. And he had these two girls. And then he was trying to be tough. Whatever. Didn't fight him. It was just, it just, but it's just funny like when a person thinks about it. It's hmm. Yeah, it's just weird. Was he an outrider and you didn't know or what? He must have been some barn hand because I didn't know the hell he was. Huh. Some nerd. Weird. But yeah, it's just... Beat it, nerd. I don't know. It's Who people, knows? People, people like stuff they can follow easily. It's true. Yeah. But why well, no, I don't we make it more easy to follow, right? Like that's why that's why the four down the showdown round, the four round works because you don't have to add anything up to right? there. Fastest time wins. Here you go. Here's a format people can follow, people can get along with. 
Whoever is the fastest, whoever has the highest score, they win. Mm-hmm. There you go. And even with the rodeo too, though, like they have the one on one videos, but like, how and those many? are the best one on one videos in the they, game. Yeah, oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. But you, how, what percentage of your crowd is actually watching that video and uh, listening to it? I mean, it's funny how many people are actually from Calgary that go to the Stampede. It's like a 50 50 split. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. On who goes to the rodeo. So there's like well, a lot of all the corporate stuff. There's a lot right? of educated rodeo fans in Calgary, yeah. actually. But during really the week, dur- during the week though, your cor- your crowds like the it corporate, is a lot of corporate, corporate yeah. definitely in the infield. Yeah, I don't know. But it, is, but it, it, it just it, it yeah it makes sense. Are though, they really right? following? Or are they just there to visit and drink beer? Yeah, yeah. But it, there is lots of educated. Like I said, with the whole controversy with the truck wagons, like I've yeah. been following like the the social media posts and the comments and stuff. Yeah, and the amount of people actually defending the truck wagon and saying like how are they, whatever. Like it's it's pretty cool to see how there's actually people backing it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's going to be enough for this show. Hopefully hopefully we gave you guys lots to think about. Hopefully, if you haven't watched the panel yet, make sure to check it out on the website. And uh, that's going to be it for episode 43. Thanks again to Tanner Gerlitz for being part of the podcast. We'll uh, catch up with you guys again in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye.